They don't I need defending. Like Knoxville. I meant more like Knoxville. National oh, you meant like? Oh, you're talking about like? Uh, wait, are you talking about like the just like players, like high school players, or just? Are we talking college now? I'm talking I'm sorry, about. I, I felt lost. College bound, I guess. Uh, I don't know. That's like the style of play there. It's like okay, it's like yeah. it's nothing special to me. But Mem- Memphis has really good hoopers though, like specifically Memphis. Nashville is just like, huh. Eh. But Memphis legitimately has like really, really like uh, skilled and like strong IQ hoopers. But like I think Memphis is like an isolation uh, of that standpoint of ten- of Tennessee. Yeah, it's kind of like the thing. In fairness, Nashville have like kids, like kids, like a couple kids every year. I know like. Wiseman was originally from like the Nashville area, um, but like they should because they have so many colleges around. You know what I mean? Like they got so many colleges around. Like, it was some like the amount of colleges in Nashville was like astronomical. But like with you know you have Vanderbilt and TSU and Belmont all like right there, which are pretty significant schools. You know there's gonna be some there's gonna be some up and coming hoopers, but the numbers are really small. For what they should be with that many outlets in Nashville itself, in the metropolitan areas of Nashville, you know what I mean? Like, like you, you feel it'd be much bigger, but it's like not because, like, Memphis is definitely bigger, but like Memphis does not have anywhere near the amount of uh, secondary education outlets in terms of basketball than Nashville does. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, is Nashville a bigger city than Memphis? It wasn't always. It is now. Yeah, when I was there in Nashville, when I was there in Nashville, had more people coming into the city than there was actual places for them to live. Like, when I was there, Nashville was like 3,000, 2,000 more people than Kansas City. Kansas City just happens to be like more wide in terms of area space. But yeah. Nashville was like, you know, it's pretty close in terms of population. But like, it, it's a it's a destination place. So like, number one in the country for, like, bachelorette parties and all kind of stuff. So people go there, like, oh, this is nice, and then move there. So, like, when I was there, I would, like, get an Uber, or I would, like, talk to somebody, like, who just, like, you know, just going out. And, like, no one was ever from Nashville. Everybody was from some other place. Like, I do, you have to, like, run into, like, the hood <laughs> to find people who are actually from Nashville. Outside of that, everybody was like, yeah, yeah, I moved here from this place for this job, from that place from that job. But, like, that was, like, a high majority of the people I met. It yeah, and it's, like, the... And the area... And, like, they've developed a lot of it. Because, mm-hmm. like, when I was younger, I lived, like, in, like, the... Mur- like, in the, like, various little suburbs or whatever, like, Murfreesboro. And it's, like, completely different because, like, when I was... Like, when we lived, it was, ba- like, as far as... You basically just had... You know, the places people lived, houses, and then you had, there was, like, a McDonald's up on a hill and, like, a Walmart, like, a 10, 15-minute drive away. And it's completely different now. Like, this place, the stuff's almost unrecognizable. It is. From, like, even a few years ago. Yeah, like, that's 100% accurate because I graduated from there, and I went back the next year and the year after that. And the next year, I came, like, literally one year after my graduation, I went back, and there was just Granted, I went back to Fisk, and there was, like, gentrification happening. So, like, I went back, and there's just, like, a Chick-fil-A, like, a Smoothie King. And, like, the, the gas station where my first year at Fisk, there was a gas station across the street from campus. And they used to, they were, they used to tell us not, not walk there at night, that you're going to get robbed. <laughs> People really would get robbed. Like, it was, like, in the, you know, it was HBCU, so, like, it's in, it's in the hood hood. But, like, I went back the year after I graduated, and... They had sold that gas station for a couple mil, like, because, you know, they were building uh, lofts and things like that down the area. You know what I mean, like, it's just like, it, the gentrification was is a Starbucks. Gentrification was just, like, very prominent. But then when you looked at downtown Nashville itself, there was so much construction going on that two years way later I came back, and there was, like, there was, like, three buildings up. That you could see when you look at a picture of the skyline that weren't there two, two, three years earlier. I'm just like, this is nuts. Because if, if, if you could see on the skyline, it's like a major, major you know, construction yeah. site. And like, they just popped up. Like, it seemingly like out of nowhere. And I was like, yeah, this place is different now. Uh, but, you know, it, you know, Nashville is just always, it's like one of those places that's like, it's a medium sized city. So, like, Kansas City, Nashville, Cleveland. It's like a medium sized city, but it feels bigger. So it like feels like a bigger city, while like you know a Kansas City is like a medium-sized city that's most, that feels smaller. 
But like, I don't I, Nashville is a cool place, but in terms of hoopers, man, all that. To move a little back close to the basketball, um, also, as I'm sure y'all are aware, Kennedy Chandler uh, committed to the Vols a couple weeks ago. And he's going to win them games, but like, people probably aren't going to notice until they look at the stat line. But they got a really good player. <laughs> Doesn't Scotty Pippen Jr.'s son go to Vanderbilt? Yes. I have no idea. He goes to Vanderbilt, right? Yeah. I remember hearing all about him in high school, but I'm pretty sure that's, that's, that's just because he was Scotty Pippen Jr. Uh, how has he looked in college at all? Uh, I don't have, like, the stats. You know, I think that was his freshman year that was going up. So yeah, he's only been I, one year. Yeah, freshman year, and I think he was, like, a three-star coming out of high school. Don't really expect a lot from him. I think he was solid for a freshman, but I don't think he was, like, a— I mean, yeah, I mean, I I agree. I mean, I just remember hearing a lot about him, but I was like, you know, like, when you hear people about people in high school, you can't, if their parent is, like, an NBA star or a legend, whatever it is, you can't kind of, like, differentiate, like, am I hearing about them because they're, like, of their parents, or am I hearing about them because they're nice? Yeah. Uh, it's, like, kind of oh, harsh, he, like, he was apparently that. actually pretty decent at Vandy last year. What was it? I, I just posted that. Um, 12 points, 2.8 rebounds, 3.6 assists. Um, shooting 36% from deep, but also only 39% from the field. That's like good and bad. Like for okay, yeah, it's like good for a freshman. I'll say that for yeah. a freshman, that's good. I, I don't think anybody was expecting him to be one and done, you know. But for a solid freshman at Vanderbilt, that's I solid. Vanderbilt's program isn't great, you know what I mean? Like they do fine every year. Yeah, that's a three four year kid, easy. Yeah, and he's a three or four year kid, and he might be on. He's gonna be going to the G League, but he might be like a, a Gary Payton Jr. kind of player. We're like, oh yeah, I remember him. That's <laughs> Gary Payton, or that's that's Scottie Pippen's son. But like, like he snapped for that one season. I remember that. Yeah, but like you won't really hear about him ever again. Like it's gonna be that one instance. Like he could get off the bench and like pull like a, you know. Get a nice dunk on a on, on a breakaway on a, the, the garbage time in the fourth quarter against you know the the, the, the Timberwolves and all of you. Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, I remember him. And then you're gonna forget about him the next day. Like that that, that sucks. Being in a spotlight of your father. Does that suck? No, but I mean, like, great. Okay, great. <laughs> it doesn't suck in like our eyes. But like for like some uh, like that world of like, I play the same sport as my father, and my father's a legend. Like I'm assuming that it's like following in the shadow of somebody like that is not great. Like it, it, it's probably taxing on the individual. I assume. I mean, it worked out okay for Seth Curry. Like, yeah, but like their dad was Del Curry. Like he wasn't that household name. Yeah, but his brother is Seth Curry. I think it's different when your dad is top fifty all time. Like you, you can't be mad that you're not top fifty all time. Like, like there's there's not a lot of people out here. You got to look at your gene pool, baby. Yeah, somebody special was there, but somebody yeah. else who's just an, a normal person was also there. Yeah, but like, like a, if you're Dale Curry, you like, oh, I could be, I could be a better player than my dad eventually. Granted, you 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 put up Seth Curry. It did fine for Seth Curry. Seth Curry was doing – he just started doing fine. You know what I mean? Like, Seth Curry had, had like, a, a above respectable career the last two years. He's been he's been useful he's, for, like, three years. Yeah. I mean, he was with – granted, when he was with Duke – when he was with Duke, you know what I mean? He's doing his thing. But, like, you really can't take college in consideration. It's like, what's going to happen post-college? You know what I mean? But, like, yeah. post-college, it's literally been, like, what, like, what, two years that he's been, like – Okay, he's he's something. You know what I mean? Like he's not Steph's brother anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but but Steph did never had to go through that. I, I also think the brother dynamic is different. The father son dynamic is like you live your whole life. If it's a brother, you live like maybe like five, six, seven, whatever the age gap is. You know what I mean? So like Seth only went went through that when two thousand no, because okay, two thousand eight he was at Davidson, and then yeah, the first couple was like two thousand twelve, thirteen maybe. Like, and then Seth, Seth got popped in, like, 2012, 2013. And then Seth went to the NBA what year? 15? Uh, 
he if this is correct, he went in like thirteen, but he didn't actually like get up to the point he's doing much of anything until about fifteen. Oh, okay, so we have defined doing much. <laughs> um, actually playing games. I mean, like, what were his stats in fifteen? Like, give me his because he's a scorer. In fifteen, right? in 15 he was he averaged six point eight points, one point four rebounds, one point one and a half assists. He is shooter. 45% from deep. All right, 16, what happened? 16, six, all right, 16, 17, 12.8 per game, 2.6 rebounds, 2.7 assists, um, 48% from the field, 42% from deep. And in those last two years, I'm assuming it jumped up and, significantly. Uh, not 18, 19, he, his stats actually went down, and then they were back up this year. He went down to like seven point nine. Um, like the his his shooting percentages are consistent though. It's like forty plus from like from three. Like he's basically automatic from deep, which makes sense. Did he get like, like a three year extension? The year he went down, apparently. Uh, so like he was in like that year. That first year he averaged twelve point eight. He was in Dallas. Then he was in Portland for some reason, and he's. And he was back in Dallas this year. I remember he was in Portland. I remember that. Yeah, that's why he had 7.9. Oh, hold on. He had... Oh, you're probably right. Um, <laughs> 7.9, right? I tried to help out Cleveland yeah. or not Portland, but I was like, you're probably right. I'm like, a lot of you. Like, the, his shooting percentages, since he, like, actually started getting minutes, have been pretty consistent. But the scoring has fluctuated depending on the team, apparently. Mm, okay, okay. So he one of them players. Yeah, the team makes him, he don't make the team. Well, it's like he's shooting over 40%. It looks like he's shooting over 45, like over 40% from deep, regardless of who he plays for. But Question. I guess where he plays dictates how many shots he gets to take. Question. Is this, is this just toss out there. With, with all these different kind of understandings of like how people, you know, how uh, the, the the son of an NBA star kind of, you know, has to get into the limelight behind the shadow of their parent or whatever. What is going to happen to Bronny? Because I have this. I say this. Let me just say this real quick. I say this. Bronny, up until this point, has had the opportunity to have certain benefits of like training and gym time and whatever uh, equipment that other kids, normal kids, have not yet had to. They don't have had the opportunity to get because he's strictly LeBron's son. Is it his fault? No, he's LeBron's son. So I think it's gonna. I think it's a strong chance that's gonna be one of those situations to where he's good, but then people are gonna start catching up to him just because he kind of peaked a little earlier physically. Because he had these kind of, you know, um, uh, different, you know, scenarios that were only he could get because he's LeBron's son. I think that's a strong possibility that could have happened, though. I'm going to make it So I think he's probably going to end up being more or less Tim Hardaway Jr. Probably. I feel like that's reasonable. Because, like, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s dad Good one. was much better than he, than he is. Which yeah. isn't. Like, Tim Hardaway Jr. is good, but, like, you know. Um, and so, like, that seems reasonable where it's, like, because, you, like, he already knows, like, what it takes to be in the league or whatever. And, of course, he's probably getting the training. Like, he he'll, he won't be his dad, but he'll probably be a good NBA player. All I got to say, if, if Bronny even makes the league, whether it's, like, first or second round, I think that is just like we gotta praise the genes of uh, LeBron James because I can't think of any other player that we can consider top top fifty ever, and then their son is also like at least solid enough to make the league. I can't think of a like another person that's like top fifty. You might you might have to throw a name at me, but I can't think of anybody else that's like their top fifty and their son then. Made the league. It was 50? Yeah. Top 50. 
Let's see, because the because recently in the last like ten years, five years, the top fifty has shifted. So like the top fifty kids, like a lot of those kids are like ten. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like a lot of those kids are like mad young. But so, even if you use like the like top fifty from twenty years ago, like they're they're pretty much our age at bare minimum. I mean, like, I think the I best. I think of anybody else. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking about sons in the NBA, right? So I'm thinking. Austin Rivers and thinking Tim Hardaway. Say again. I'm like Clay Thompson's dad was in the league. He, he Clay was, Thompson's he was, dad was in the league. Yeah, but uh, he's not top fifty all time. No, that's probably like, fair. But he, he was pretty good though. If we just hold it to that, that'd be that. That would be different. Like I can't think of anybody else who who's been like their dad is that high up and then their son is also an NBA player. I can't. But, think of but granted, right. I will say this, and this is like just like not in terms of basketball, but a lot of like those ultra successful parents. A lot of those, all the kids never want to do what the parents do. You know yeah. what I mean? Like look at Magic Johnson's son. He definitely didn't want to do what Magic Johnson did. You know? I'm sorry, I tried. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously though, right? Like he's like like I come up with many other examples, right? But do you know who Charles Barkley's kids are? No. I, Literally, this past week, two weeks ago, I found out that Reggie Miller had kids. <laughs> I had no idea. Like a lot of these kids don't want to be like uh, a wave. Like they like when you are that close, you see the struggle, you see the grind, you see how much time you want. You know, your family, your dad's not there for Christmas, depending on if he's good or not. Your dad's not there for Christmas. You know what I mean? Your, your, your parents are away for birthdays, they're away from all these different gathering things because you're doing their profession. So I'm a, like, a lot of kids never want to do what their parents do. So, like, the number of that is dwindled down a lot, though, because a lot of kids, a lot of those kids just don't play basketball because you're like, yeah. I'm good. Like, <laughs> that, that's why you'll always see the best kids come out of players that, like, are mediocre. You know what I mean? Because, like, those players who are mediocre aren't having to do a shoe tour in China or they aren't having to do all the extra things included or stacked onto, you know, the uh, the actual schedule of basketball, for instance, yeah. itself. So, like, that's why you'll see a Del Curry son go off or that's why you'll see uh, Clay Thompson's dad or, or Clay Thompson himself I'm, go off. I'm just like, Clay, Clay Thompson's dad was, was pretty good. He was a two-time NBA champion, NBA all-first team. He's he was a good player. He wasn't like a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, what's what's his name? What's his name? The Michael Thompson. No, the big. He played for Lakers. He dunked. Played for Lakers. Went to Cleveland. His dad's like name is like in the Raptors in Cleveland. Uh, uh Luke Walton. No, 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 no. Like this, high, this is like last like three years. Three. Big, tall, lanky dude. Light skin or white? I'm not quite sure what he is, but. He used to dunk on everybody, and now he's uh, in Cleveland right now. Uh, and his dad—he's he, a—he's a—he wears his dad's number. Oh, Larry Nance. Larry Nance. Yeah, yeah. Nance. yeah Larry Nance. Uh, yeah. His apparently his Larry Larry Nance's dad was nice. Yeah. 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 So like, but like, he's nice for the Cleveland. <laughs> he's <laughs> nice for Cleveland. You know what I mean? Like, being nice for Cleveland is not really being nice. I'm just That's not being nice with the league. I'm, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so I crazy. Think, I think Larry Dan's dad made some all-star teams too. I mean, guy, look, he yeah, is, three-time NBA All-Star on All NBA first team, two-time All NBA second team, uh, 83, 84 slam dunk champion. Uh, the Cavaliers retired his jersey. Averaged seventeen point one points, eight rebounds, two point two blocks for his career. You're not even a, you're not even averaging a double double in your name in the Raptors. <laughs> For your career, you you don't know. Maybe his career as a Cleveland person, he he was. He might have a double double there. I hope because if he don't, I mean, you just struggle, city. You know I, what I mean? Jordan didn't average a uh, double double. But you, but you you can not average double double when you do what he did. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you when you drop in when you when one season you drop thirty six a game, like, and you drop in. <laughs> 30 points a game consistently, yeah, you could not average a double-double. A double, you know what I mean? But I think that's probably a big man. 
His dad went on point guard. You know what I mean? Yeah. His dad's supposed to get his dad's supposed to get rebounds. Over here, having yeah. <laughs> seven rebounds a game. But no, I like, like I don't know. I always wondered about that about Bronny. Bronny though, like I guess you're right though. If he does make the league at all, then like congratulations to him. But he does. I don't, Coach K said he wanted him as like a freshman in college or like a freshman in college, a freshman in high school, or like eighth grade or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, this is a publicity stunt. Like this isn't like even like real recruiting. I think the him being LeBron's son helps, but Bronny going when he get done, he probably gonna be like six five to. 215. Like, he, he's going to have the tools. What is he now? I think he's like 6'3. Like, I don't know the weight, but he he not small. Yeah. Well, he better get off them cameos and get off of that, uh, <laughs> off of them, them streaming fights before he gets himself in trouble. <laughs> Talking reckless out there. <laughs> Bro, yeah. he better get off those things before, uh, you know, and get to the to the hoop, you know what I mean? Because he over here acting real reckless. Stunt, man. It's nuts. Hey, bro. Kids going to be kids, though, especially when you're millionaire already. <laughs> but all right. So, um, the, all right, did y'all, y'all want to catch any games before, like, I just start talking about some of this stuff? Go ahead, jump into it. We got you. Uh, so, like, as I'm sure y'all are aware, the Lakers have knocked out the Rockets, um, who clearly gave up about halfway through the game. Damn. But, like, um, something that I've been thinking about, I feel, and, like, part of me is, like, this is a hot take. Part of me is kind of, like, it's a lukewarm take. It says, it's like, I don't, like, you know how, like, Tony Bennett, like, for uh, the coach for Virginia got a lot of stuff for long, but, like, you couldn't win with his system or whatever. You couldn't win a chip with the system. Yeah. So, like, I I don't think that you can win a championship playing ha- basketball how Mike D'Antoni has the Rockets playing basketball. Yeah. I agree. Um, and, like, it, and it's, like, the reason is very simple. It's, like, I get the, that like, with analytics and whatever, the three-point shot is the most valuable shot, and you don't want a shot. Three-point shot are, like, at the rim. And, like, I get that, but it's also just, like, if you – the main issue is, like, you're – it's not even so much like you're not, that's not where, it's not just like that's where the bulk of your shots come from. It's like that's the only, it's like the, these are the only places your shots are coming from. That's all you're doing. There's like y'all aren't doing post-ups. Y'all aren't taking mid-range shots. Like if it's not one of these two things, you're not doing it. And that causes problems. You started, and like even in that, even in that last game, right? Like I watched Austin Rivers turn down a wide open, like mid-range shot. Nobody was anywhere near him, right? And he, like, passed it to somebody, like, on the perimeter. And it's like, you're not going to win games like that. You're giving, you're leaving points on the board. And you're passing it to someone, and, like, especially in the playoffs. The playoffs is where this really matters. It's like, you might be able to, you can, as you can see, you can have regular season success. But it's like, regular season is different than playoffs where other teams can play, like, well, specifically game plan to stop what you got going on. Mm -hmm. And... If you're the Rockets, all you have to do to defend them is chase is chase them off the like is, is chase them off the three point line and pack in the paint. Like, like these are only two things. I don't have to even pretend like I'm gonna guard you in the middle because you're not shooting in the middle. Yeah. Like you're just much easier to defend, and then like you're not doing. It's like the other team is of course doing all these things and playing their basketball, and it's just a recipe for failure like you can have one player playing like that like if Harden like plays like that the rest of his career it's fine but you can't have a whole team that never takes mid-range shots um I have often thought for years that Mike D'Antoni is the gonna go down as the most overrated coach of all time uh because he is a coach that will never win a championship I wholeheartedly agree with you um, the mid-range, like, if you see any championship team, they have their best player shoots mid-range jump shots and aren't just one-dimensional offensively or, like, two-dimensional offensively. Like, you're very varied, you know what I mean? Like, you have your best scorer shoots mid-range jump shots. It's, like, always, that's, like, how it works, you know what I mean? Uh, but 
his system are not his systems are not set up that way. His systems aren't set up for playoff basketball because it's a it's a what do you want to call it? I guess it's like a like it's oh it's outplayed I guess or overplayed when you hear like TNT or ESPN analysts go you know in the playoff the ball slows down like it's, it's played out but it's true. And the way Mike D'Antoni's system goes, like, is transition threes and just threes, threes, threes. So when the ball slows down against the best teams, they're going to lose automatically. That's why James Harden can never get over, quote-unquote, the hump. And it's not necessarily why James Harden can't get over the hump. It's why Mike D'Antoni can't get over the hump because he, his whole career, has shown that he can't get over this figurative hump. You know what I mean? And it's uh so like I I think if you're a player playing for a Mike D'Antoni team, if you're a smart basketball person, you are a basketball analytical person or whatever a person who looks into basketball, you can never blame the players. You have to always blame Mike D'Antoni because it's it's at the end of the day a system, and it's been going on for years. When he had that atrocity of a time in uh, Los Angeles with the Lakers, and then with the Suns. Like, in with the Knicks? Yeah, he was with the Knicks, too. Yeah. I think I don't, he was there. I don't really don't understand how he keeps getting a job. Like, he shouldn't get a job as a head coach. Tom Thibodeau should not be getting jobs, at a, should not be getting a job as a, as a head coach. Like, <laughs> but for some reason, Mike D'Antoni's style of basketball is considered, quote-unquote, sexy. And for some reason, leaving the big man out and just like, we're going to play small ball, small ball. That couldn't have worked. Like, it's not, it's not a thing that could work. And it, you know, it had flashes of, oh, man, yeah, this is, this is going to work. In the regular season, when you know dudes are just chilling to get to the playoffs or the best teams are just chilling to get to the playoffs. You know what I mean? So uh, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Mark Antonio is garbage. Uh, and he'll never make it. So, like, the thing is, I don't actually think he's a bad coach, but I don't think it's – I just don't think it's just, like, he can w- win a championship play, like, playing this type of ba- – like, the system, the type of basketball that his team play, which is, like, completely eschewing the mid-range if, and just chucking threes and, like, trying to get to the rim. If and you, the fact, again, like, your, your center is P.J. Tucker. Nothing against him, but, like, he – like, he, he can't he, – he has no hope of actually defending Anthony Davis. If or... you are like a, if you are, if you, if your style of coach, right, your style of play, or like you as a coach, if it, if it says that your style of coaching will not win championships, period, to me, you're an awful coach because that's predicting the future that you won't win championships in the future based off your style of your style of coaching, right? So we can say a guy like. Brad Stevens, right? Never won a championship, but we can never say that his style of coaching will never win him a championship because we can see, like, it's close enough to other styles that it, it's, it's possible. It might work. But D'Antoni, who has never won a championship, you can't say, like, you can easily say that this style of basketball won't win a championship. And when I think you can go into the future and predict the future based off a style of play, I think you're a bad coach. Yeah. Pers- personally. I mean, if I'm gonna make an argument, though, like just we like until Virginia won a championship, we said they weren't gonna win a championship playing that style of ball. I never like, said. Lots of people said that. Let me rephrase that. Lots of people said that. Yeah. Until it happened. <laughs> but like once we say, like we said once, we said a thousand times on this podcast, like people really don't know basketball. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> It's like generally, like people, like the general population doesn't know basketball. Like, if you watch West Virginia play, he got a lot of, a lot of. No, work no, we're talking about Virginia, not West Virginia. That's a different dude. What? You said West, West Virginia. You said West Virginia. We're talking about Virginia. West Virginia is a different. Has oh, a different coach. I'm smoking that. I'm smoking that rock. Uh, my bad. My my bad. My bad. Oh, too real of a joke. Okay. Uh oh, my bad. I'm at West Virginia, but but uh. But I don't know. I, I also I also think it's harder to say that for college coaches, for big time college coaches. You know what I mean? Like big time college coaches. Like you can say that for like 
I don't know, BMU, right? But like for like you know a Virginia or anybody who's in like a power a power five, whatever it's called, uh, one of those kind of uh, conferences. I don't think that's necessarily a smart thing to say to predict the future about a coach um, because it's more dictated on other things outside of style of play. Like it's more dictated. Like it's truly based dictated on like. Are you are, are do you care about someone going to class? Do you like it depends on other things? Are you getting the best recruits? Because like if you get the best recruit, like you're gonna automatically shoot up into the basketball in the on the, on the college ranks. So I think it's a little bit different. But in the NBA, it's like the coach system really matters. Like if a coach were to go and tell Embiid and like make a system to where Embiid is not shooting very many threes, but it's getting the ball on the block. The 76ers would win like a lot more games deeper into the playoffs. Like, but the but Brett Brown isn't that guy because his system isn't for that. You know what I mean? So like, I think it's a more. I think the system means a lot more in the NBA than it does in college. Okay. I got a question for both of y'all. Well, it's really play a game with me. What pieces? Shut up. What pieces <laughs> would Mike D'Antoni's system? need for it to actually work because i think there is a chance it's just like salary crap in the way you would have to build a team it would never work you would have to have dudes that are just like flat out really good shooters mm-hmm. but can also score inside like whenever whenever they get the chance like if you had dudes surrounding him like cj mccullum where like if cj mccullum is like a 40 percent spot up shooter but with five seconds on the clock, he can go make something to get a bucket. Like, if you had at least two to three other dudes that could play like that consistently yeah. in the play with that system, I think it would work. But you, you just can't. You can't put that together. I he literally needs, he, he needs some Warriors teams from a couple of I, years ago. I was going to say the exact same thing. He literally <laughs> needs Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, like, specifically. Like, CJ McCollum, shoots me and shots. Like, for his system, he shoots too many mid-range shots. But if you take D'Antoni, just put him in the Warriors, yeah, he'll win. But (laughs) who wouldn't? You know what I mean? Like, everybody will win. Like, it's the Warriors. Like, they're two all-time great shooters. Like, legitimately all-time great shooters. Um, Three if you add in KD. Yeah. I I wasn't thinking about KD being on the team, and I still say he will win with just Steph. (laughs) Like... They won without KD, and they're going to continue to win without KD if everybody's healthy. You know what I mean? So, I feel like Mike D'Antoni will find a way to mess it up if if KD isn't there. I think I think you need, like, one more. I think you need, like, three or four people realistically in that system. Uh, There's too many times coaches, like stuck in somebody's hands. Who Steve, just, Steve Kerr doesn't do anything. Yeah, I don't know what Steve Kerr does. He does that's nothing. Insane. So like same one as Mark Jackson. The only right. thing he does is that's why I didn't say Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson actually like shipped, made like molded that team. Um, but Steve Kerr does nothing besides like player personnel, like specific. Like he's good with the players, like behind the scenes. Like, but like in terms of like let's go out there and play. He's not. He doesn't do much like at all. And D'Antoni wouldn't need to do much like. <laughs> Then they just shoot shoot just as many threes and get just as many layups. That's all they need to do. Yeah. And if they get more threes, that's not a bad thing when you have Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. In fairness, though, like those Warriors teams also did take their fair share of mid range shots, which they wouldn't with Dan Tony. So there is that. That's because they had. Um, I I am drawing a blank on my Sean Livingston. That was the king of mid-range jumpers for, like, three seasons, bro. He was like, I, I remember a thing where, like, they, like, one year, and this is the year they had, one of the years they had KD, they, they led the league in mid-range jumpers. Like, in really? mid-range, mid-range shots. Um, so, that would definitely be a difference, and it would probably matter. Maybe that Maybe that's enough to mess it up, but I don't know. Um, also, the Nuggets are taking the Clippers to game seven. How do y'all feel? Big yoke out there, boy, putting in that work. I didn't. I really don't know what to say. 
about him as like a score. Like if he like Jokic, like I I like. You said what? Zubox is not mobile enough. Like, I, like I, I, I genuinely think it's that simple. That Zubox, <laughs> like, if it was me personally, even for five minutes, I would literally just put Joakim out there just to, like, do something. You know what I mean? In terms of, like, mobility. Because, like, you don't need to go out there and, you know, he'll get, he'll get your girl layups and he'll do whatever. But it's, specifically, defensively, at least he's more mobile. You know what I mean? Zubox just not mobile enough to stick to this guy. Uh and that's why at the end of the game, the end of the game for or the last game, for game six, for five possessions, around five or six possessions, you saw Kawhi Leonard guarding Jokic, which is nuts that he can. You know what I mean? But you saw him, you, you, but you saw him like, no, nah, I'm going to guard him. And then Paul George guard, guarded Murray. And that's when the, but like when the chess move happened and they, found out a way to put Zubak back on Jokic, like, through the flow of the game, that's when the game started to expand out, but, like, in terms of score. But, like, it's... But I genuinely think it's just, like, Zubak is a defensive liability against Jokic specifically. I can see that. Too many moves. He's, he's He just... It's just ugly. His game's ugly. Like, it's the ugliest. It's suspect one of the ugliest games I've ever seen in my life. But he's got a soft touch around the rim. He's got, he when he, shoots a, when he shoots a three, his ball literally hits the rim like five times and then goes in. He's got the softest touch I've ever seen in any of my life. But Bruh, when you say his game is ugly, I thought you were talking about Zubak still. Me too. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about Jokic. That, that, that. That turn uh, that that fadeaway off of the wrong like right foot right arm shot. That's yeah. ugly. Look, you watch it, you're like, ugh, it's rough. Ugly shot. It's rough. <laughs> and guess what? A lot of times the, the arc will be so high, it'll come back down and won't even hit the rim. But it hits the rim enough. Do you know what I mean? And when it hits the rim, clink, 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 clink. It's a. I'm like, what? Who, whose shot is that soft? Like it really blows my mind. But like Zuba can't guard it. It is what it is. I told you, softest touch of the game, bro. It has to be. I would. I would. So, no, I'm just like. So I feel like it's worth mentioning, like even before, like you continue for what it's worth. Like, to look at the stats. It didn't look like anybody except Leonard and George showed up. Like, will like Lou will had went five of eleven for fourteen points. Um, I guess Jeff Green went five of eight for eleven, but like. Morris, one of five um, for five points. Zubak, one of six. Beverly, one of two, and he fouled out. Like, it was a rough game for any Clipper not named Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George had 58 combined, right? Yep. If they had 58 combined, it's just like, when your two best players have 58 combined and are the best defensive players on your team, like... You're notably known. You're notably known. Those are gross. You're known for your bench to be like the best bench in the NBA. You can't be having them out there doing that. Like, not at all. Is their bench deep? Like, yeah. I, uh, actually, that's they. You just named four people. Never mind. It's stupid deep. Yeah. Yeah. And if they want to be deeper, they can make it deeper too. Like, like yeah. This know, is a Earl, green. Uh. The light skinned dude from Wichita. Damn it. Oh. Damn it. And and then uh Reggie Jackson. That's five automatically. I can tell I barely watched this series, bro. I forgot. It's through. okay. Some of these folks he mentioned barely played. Yeah. So. I just yeah, I don't have a lot of interest in this one, bro. What? I don't. I don't know why. Just I Yeah, just, I don't know why either. I don't really you know what you're Rock in, in in Raptors Celtics? Yeah, I watched that. I'm telling you, man, you gotta watch this game seven because you just, you do oh, yeah. seven. Yeah. Like I just kind of like um, I just like the Nuggets. I like and I like their coach. I think there was a clip I saw from a few years ago where the the um the reporter asked him like, do, th- do th- y'all think you want any new fans tonight or whatever?" And he's like, I, we, "I don't care if we got any new fans. We don't need any new fans. As long as the other team's fans go home unhappy." <laughs> 
Hey, so what do y'all think about uh, Michael Porter Jr. and what he said in that interview? He's nice. The thing of what? Wait, hold up. Are we talking nice about the what we was talking about? Like he felt like they should have gone to him more late or something. Yeah, he we, did. Okay. He he said it in like a roundabout way. But we all knew what he meant. We all knew what he meant. We all meant. But like, if you're nice, you can say that. Like I saw on Twitter, Dame was like, "No, you it's not." Blah blah blah. Like Dame went like, at him. In my mind, I'm like, Dame, you can say that too, but you don't. Because you always have the ball in your hand. Like, when you're nice, and Michael Porter Jr., and don't get it twisted, he's nice. Like, like when you're nice, you can say you can say these things. And when you're booed, you can't. But, like, they've done it, and guess what happens? They won. <laughs> like, like, he's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. I didn't think okay. he was wrong either, but I think the part – that everybody was upset about is that he is a rookie and they're like, dude, wait your, wait your, it is between a wait your turn or you do not air this out in front of the media type thing. Like, that's I what I got from it. So, okay, go. Okay, so, like, this, so his thing kind of gets into my feeling about their team and this is why I feel like the Clippers are in a bad spot for, because they let themselves get to game seven, right? Because you watch the last game, you watch game before, and, like, just the fact that they, this is what, like, their, like, seventh consecutive game seven or something. Uh, <laughs> but, um, so, it, like, the Nuggets, for whatever reason, are very comfortable and arguably seem to enjoy the kind of games where, like, they have to fight and scrape and claw and fight their way through the whole time. And they've gotten good at it, and they can do it for 48 minutes. Mm. The problem is other teams seem to have an issue doing that for 48 minutes for multiple games, even for 48 minutes for one game. And, like, because they did it because the Nuggets did it last game. They did it the game before. They just kept fighting, and they were, and they were basically able to out-fight and out-hustle and out-work the Clippers. And... The, and, like, as a team, they're good at that, and they can do that, and they're more than willing to do it, and it seems like, at least at the moment, that the Clippers either can't or otherwise relatively unwilling to, like, really fight like that for, like, the pole 48. Like, because they get out to lead, and they have leads, and come second half come, it, like, it, they, like, they lose because they didn't keep, like, they didn't keep fighting. And the thing is, like, they all like it, and I think Michael Porter Jr. in particular, I think he just, he kind of, I think he low-key lives for this stuff. Matter of fact, I'm not even sure it's low-key. He kind of lives for this. He likes the big moment. Yeah. Like, he's, he's and it's, and like, you can see it in everything. Like, his shots, his defense, like, it's not great, but he's big, and he's trying. He'll get there. Um, but, like, he just, he's, he's, he wants to show up in big moments. I... And he lives for it, and, and he's going to be, he's going to be an issue in game seven for them whether they're prepared, like, for the Clippers, whether they're prepared for that or not. And they still got to deal with all the other dudes on the squad. I'll say this. Michael Porter's nasty. Nasty, nasty, nasty. And when, I'm not comparing him to Michael Jordan, but we all saw Doc documentary, Michael Jordan had that exact same kind of swag. You know what I mean? Like, even though he was a rookie, he going to tell you what he really thinks. And I, I personally don't like it, personally. When... People who the last locker room they were in was not professional. Either middle school, some of them middle school, they never made they didn't make the high school team, uh, a high school locker room, or uh, a college locker room. And most of these journals, journalists did not even play any kind of college sports. They just played high school. How are they? That should, that should be aired in the locker room. In the locker room you've never been in? Like, who are you to talk about this? You know what I mean? And that, 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 that's what I've always thought, personally. Um, if that man feels like he can air out whatever he says on a media stage or the, the press conference stage, let that man do what he want to do. Just because he, he's a rookie, he can't. You ain't never been a rookie. So you don't even know what, he, you don't know what he's going through. You know what I mean? But that's, that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is... People, so I've seen this narrative on social media where people are like, Kawhi, 
should we say Kawhi should have stayed? Kawhi should have stayed with the Raptors last year. And my whole thing is, like, do people forget that that game winner was in the game seven versus the 76ers? Like, in the first round? Like, like, let's not get twisted. He's in a, he's technically further along in this game seven than he was in the game seven last year. So how can you say he should have stayed? Like, let's see if he wins or loses first to, to, to come up with, to, you know, add steam to that rhetoric itself. Uh, but people are, like, already trying to ask that question. What do you think is, like, you know, that's premature, you know what I mean? But, like, also, we're, we're going to see Game 7 Kawhi. <laughs> like, like, people act like that's not, like, that's not a thing. Like, that's, like, a thing. Like, Kawhi is, like, so focused that, like, it's kind of gross. And, like, when he, like, in, like, it's Game 7 in the playoff focus. Now, I'm not worried about Kawhi. I'm assuming Kawhi going to go off. Actually, I know Kawhi going to go off because it's Kawhi. But you always got to worry about because, like, Lou Will is going to do what Lou Will does. He scored 14 last game, but, like, that's a bad game for him in terms of scoring, right? He's going to do what he got to do. Um, Montrez is just, like, an energy guy, so, like, the energy is going to come anyways. Like, especially in game seven, this is, like, the first going on his career. So he's going to, like, really bring the energy, I'm assuming, right? Uh, Paul George, we don't know. <laughs> like to be honest, like we don't know what he's gonna do. Like we generally have no idea, because um, every time he's been put in a situation close to this, he ain't done nothing. <laughs> he ain't done nothing. He has uh, one. Let's say that. What? Because he 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 Are has one. Like W O N or O N E? No, he hasn't won. W O N. He hasn't won, but he was productive as a pacer and like later. Later stuff, yeah. but it's like this. Like I am the superstar, uh, Paul Paul Pierce. Nah, I don't know playoff P. Great, great. When he was the play Pacers, though, the way the Pacers matched up against the way the Pacers matched up against the Heat at that time, the Pacers. It was like known like the Pacers, especially the later years. The Pacers had the Pacers had a better team. Like the Pacers had a better team, but Paul George would never do fantastic in those games, like intangible things. You know what I mean? Like yesterday, I was watching the game with a. With the uh, watching the game uh, at my parents' house, and it was I don't know the last four or five minutes, and Kawhi had the ball dribbling on the left hand side. On the right side of the court, on the top side of the screen, was like Paul George a little ahead of the of the player right behind him, and Kawhi could you know bounce pass or throw him the lob. Kawhi kept it and just dribbled out. And, I, and in my in my in my, in my head, I, I loud, and my cousin, we all agree. We're like, you don't trust that man. <laughs> like right now, like right, like I know they scored 50, 58 points combined, but you saw it. He don't trust them because Paul George real iffy right now. Like you, he doing it a good game, bad game. You don't know what's gonna happen. So like, I'm not worried about no other team. But if Paul George does not show up, they will lose. Like they will, and I have them win a championship. I have them win the championship, but like if they Paul George does not show up, they will lose. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I don't got faith in Paul George. <laughs> I genuinely don't. I don't know. Like yeah, my faith. He scored a lot yesterday, but like my faith has gone down more. I'm not quite sure how that's worked, but like is it like the, the moment's a little too pressured for me to have pressure or for me to have faith in Paul George. Uh, that says a lot about his game. <laughs> that says a lot about his game or my confidence. Either one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, question though. Hmm? What was you about to say? No, I'm just like, so do do y'all think the Clippers win game seven? Yeah. Yeah. I you think it's gonna be fun. Take it? Hmm? I think it's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be one where you, where if you got money on the game, you might have your little butt puckered for about three quarters, but we 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 gonna know what it is by like six minutes into like the fourth quarter. Like, oh, it's gonna be obvious who who's going to win. I don't think it's gonna be like I don't think it's gonna be a late game scenario, bro. I think I think Kawhi got enough of that turnover uh, turnaround juice where it's like, oh, okay, we get it. I literally just don't bet against Kawhi in the playoffs. I just don't like he's he's not the only time that like you, you could bet against him. Actually, you couldn't because he just got hurt. Like, you really – like, this guy, 
he's playoff made, I guess. I don't, I don't even know how that works, but he is. He's playoff made. So like I he has, he has to have like a he has not shown me that I can bet against him in a in, the, in a situation like this. So I'm just like Clippers, and the only reason is because Kawhi. That's the only reason. Yeah. Okay. Against that ankle though, if you saw that patrol, you well they if he doesn't hurt him. <laughs> They take them to at least game six or seven. Yes. At Easy. least. And they, <laughs> they, and they might win. Like people who say they do, no, no, they're gonna get they're gonna get destroyed. Y'all 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 are watching that game. <laughs> Cause they had no answers. <laughs> and that man was killing. So like uh, that bothers that, that, that's 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 the biggest what if <laughs> in sports history. Like before, what what would Penny Hardaway have been if he hadn't get a oh, not Penny Hardaway? Yeah, Penny Hardaway if he hadn't get injured. Well, Derek Rose been no. The biggest what if is what would have happened in those playoffs if Zaza hadn't put his left foot under Kawhi. Ugh. I I can't go there, but okay. <laughs> oh, I can. I'm doing it too. Look for selfish reasons. I have like Brandon Roy up there. I I'd much rather see that. You know, Brandon Roy would have been. Nice. Yeah, but what does he change history? Like, who does he Hold does on. he stop someone from getting the ring? Like, what? How old was he when he got injured? I think he was like. I don't know. If, I really don't know. Yeah, let me let me look. But I think it was like his third year into the league. Like he was he was young. No, it was one three, right? No, it it wasn't long at all, bro. Like it it Brandon Roy happened fast. Uh, yeah, let me see. Hey, this is important, Google. You need to have this on the side already. I mean, you assume it would. Yeah. Renner Roy is a big what if that no one talks about, though. It's funny. It's tears. Straight up tears. People talk about the what if of, uh, Greg Oden more than when they talk about the Brandon Roy what if, which is yeah. asinine, but whatever. He was 25. Oh, yeah, he younger than I was? Than I am right now? That's nuts. Yeah. Like, like, does someone have a less ring? Yeah. Like, but who, Probably. who does he take the ring from? Because it, look, think about what, how what crazy was, it is if he that? takes the ring from Kobe. What year was that where he got injured? Uh, 2008. So who won? So it's Kobe twice. That's LeBron. Kobe twice. LeBron. Oh, who won the Heat? Who won the in the West though? So it's Oklahoma uh, City. Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma City. Lakers. Oklahoma City. In like. And uh, Spurs. Clippers. Warriors. Clippers. Spurs. Those are the ones that started pop bubbling up. I don't know, because. He might have left and got some gone somewhere. There's a lot of different things that would have. Or they even crazier. Who has another ring? Like imagine Brandon Roy taking like somehow taking down the Spurs one year, and then the Heat are able to beat them. Like oh, uh, I mean that's a that's a, that's a LeBron theory if I ever heard one. But <laughs> they take down the Spurs and then he beats. Man, they can't beat the Spurs. They ain't gonna beat him. If they... hey, bro, I wanted to be a bisexual for once. Like, leave me alone. So what? That's where you love LeBron. Let it happen, bro. It happens He's been on the internet too long. Yeah, yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> I mean, I have to. It's okay. <laughs> I guess I haven't. That's not. Hey, did y'all watch um, Jason Tatum in that game seven? I didn't watch any of the I didn't watch I, any of that series. I had it on, but I'm not going to pretend like I played that paid that much attention to it. I probably should have paid more. But if you want to talk about Jason Tatum, I, I can talk about Jason Tatum all day, though. Bro, Jason Tatum's takeover is scary. He's nice. Like, like, I think this is, like, the first time me, like, watching and really, like, analyzing his game. He looks like he's going to get a bucket every single possession. He literally... And it opens up everything else for him. He literally he, does what he, he wants to score. It's like he's going to score every time he touches. He does what he wants. Like, he's got that kind of skill set, uh, yeah. athleticism to do what he – and he's got arms are mad long. But, like, he – when he does anything on the court, you're like, oh, that's going to succeed. Like, he just does what he wants. It's a very interesting way to – he has an interesting style of how to play basketball because it, like, reminds me of Kobe a lot. But, like, I get it. 
Because Kobe also looked like it was just going to go in. You know what I mean? Like, Jen Tatum, like, once again, the Celtics are going to win a championship in the next three, next three years, two to three years, because of Jason Tatum, guaranteed. Yeah, bro. I thought I saw a little bit more Kawhi, and I, I think it's just because it, it looked too exact. It looked like a fast version of Kawhi. That's, I was like, oh, you, you just dissecting this, like, too well right now. That's really weird. I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't know. When I talk about Kawhi, like, half, yeah. of, the dying, half, half of the things you talk about Kawhi with are the uh, uh, defensive side also. So, like, there's, like, only a few people you would pair to that man because that man was blocking Jokic and all kind of stuff yesterday. It was pretty nuts to watch. <laughs> it's like, this man's really, this man really, like, it was one possession where, it was Harris got him on the baseline, but like he didn't get him. Like he like jabbed and went like baseline from like the uh, the far side of the screen. But like when he went up, like Kawhi was just there. And you're just like, how are you? How are you there? Like he he beat you off the dribble. How'd you get back in front of him? It was nuts. Like like my whole fam my whole family was sitting there watching. Like this don't really make sense. Like. He could be teleporting, but like he just like he gets beat, but doesn't get beat ever. It's nuts. I don't know, but it, but like yeah, I'm talking about Kawhi. It's like I talk about like you gotta talk about his defensive side too to even compare anybody to him. You know what I mean? So that's true. And that's, that's why I said Kobe because Kobe like played good defense, but like it's not he's not like, his 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 offense like was like the main star of the show. I guess. Yeah. Oh no, it's just it's. Shout out to the Missouri boy. That's all I got to say, bro. He ain't from St. Louis. He ain't from right here. <laughs> he from St. Louis. St. Louis, Missouri, bro. So what? I'm pretty sure it's St. Louis, Missouri. Nah. Bro, bro, man. <laughs> we going to claim it, bro. Honestly, go ahead. I'll claim it, too. Hey, J- Otto J- Porter and Michael Porter Jr. And Bradley Beal. That's the league, baby. But that Bradley, Bradley Bill signed that long extension with the Wizards for some reason. Get that money. See that John Wall that. video, though? Is it what? See that John Wall video? Uh, yeah. I got, <laughs> look, this is my thing. I like it in the game because I know, like, you, you celebrating, but dog. <laughs> you, like, dang, man. Like, throw them you, down. Throw them down. You went from celebrating to game, man. Like, like, it's just, like and I appreciate it. Throw, throw your stuff up, but boy. Yeah, uh, I remember him and James Harden used to do that all the time. Because I remember in high school, people used to do that. And I'm like, you from Belton. <laughs> like, like <laughs> you ain't got nothing going. What, who, what are you talking about? But he's like, yeah, M1, you M1, you good. And like, start throwing things up. It's like, I, what is this my language? And none of the teams that we played knew what was going on. No, we playing. No idea what that means. Black County and stuff. You know what I mean? I'm just like they don't know what that is. Like it's like you. I don't know. John Wall ignorant though. So like, like John Wall been ignorant. Like you really pay attention. Like he, I saw, I was seeing like you know people like this is getting more publicity than like John Wall did like this thing for like a a housing project uh, somewhere in the United States. And I was like, yeah, that's true. He, like, does, like, good, like, philanthropic work and all kind of stuff. But, like, also he does, like, very ignorant things also. Like throwing up gang signs when you're at Kentucky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, like, you're over here playing for Calipari, just get animals and just throwing them up. I'm like, okay, you throwing the bees up? That's nuts, dog. Like, you can't be doing that. We at home knew, but those people in the stands, again, were like, what is going on? Yeah, yeah, I I remember that. Like, I remember that like era, like it was yesterday. Cause like John Wall, if you were to talk about like who mixtapes in a baller's life, specifically who mixtape, John Wall for like if you're between the ages of twenty four or twenty five to like twenty eight, twenty nine, like that was like John Wall. Like you were like looking at that John Wall who mixtape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that was like that's like John Wall was like a, a cultural sensation. You know, everybody everybody started wearing elite socks because of John Wall. Like like they people still wear elite socks. Like John Wall, it was a cultural sensation. But while he was doing, you know, the John Wall and the Dougie and wearing elite socks and whatever, he was still out there throwing up <laughs> like this ain't brand new. Like if you know basketball, you ain't surprised. He had he had issue an apology and all that stuff. I'm like should he have issued an apology 
10 years ago like you know what i mean like he's doing he knows this forever you know what i mean but i guess people needed to see him with a red flag with other dudes that look like they probably gangbang for them to feel like you know oh my gosh you know what i mean for them to really hit home because when he's playing in kentucky against west virginia you know everyone's like oh he's just celebrating but like that video people were like oh he's hanging with the bad crowd i'm like you guys are you guys don't pay attention. <laughs> you know the difference? This is nationally televised. And this is on uh, those incidents were nationally televised during the games. And this incident is just him at his house. He was, a, he was with the homies. <laughs> he was really with the <laughs> homies, just sitting there, just dude. I like, like I don't want to mimic what he does because <laughs> I remember one time. Uh, I remember one time I was like a junior. I was like a junior in high school. Yeah, I was like a junior in high school. And like, you know, like uh, I was in the car and then, you know, the John Wall sang, I can't remember how it goes. The John Wall sang song came on, whatever it is. And I'm sitting there like, you know, I'm 17, 16. I'm over here in the car, like throwing them up. You feel me? <laughs> like throwing what up though? Like I'm not, I'm, I'm throwing up like, I'm real out doing sign language. Like I'm over here like a teller, you know what I mean? Like, I'm throwing them up. And I remember um, uh, my mom was like, Boy, because she worked in the inner city in Kansas City, so it's like thirty years. So she know all the kind of stuff. She over here, boy, you put your hands down, no boy. You know, you know, I'm back. So it's just doing what you don't This is like 2011, 2010. So like, it took this long for a certain a certain crowd. Because whenever he issues an apology, it's a certain crowd. Like, yeah, but I, I, or or is it right now? They're like so focused on like Black Lives Matter and like social social justice reform and all that stuff, that they can't have any bad publicity mm-hmm. from any kind of, um, uh, you know, star of the NBA, right? Like, they're like, oh, but we got this going on. John Wall, you better sit your ass down right now. You know what I mean? Because, like, was it, did David Stern ask him to mention that apology? Like, who was a person that was like, you can't gangbang no more? Like, who, who asked? I'm, I'm, curious. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Who asked him that question? Because... I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, does James Harden got to stop going to strip clubs? Like, does James Harden got to stop? Because James Harden, he don't throw him up anymore, but he used to heavy. He used to heavy. Like, more than John Wall. He used to do all Like, OKC? Okay, no, this is like early Houston. Ooh. It was like first two years in Houston. He would, get, you know, he would shoot it, get fouled, slide back, you know, slide back on the three-point line and just... You know, like like you, you can really look up all on YouTube, like him just throwing things up, like like wild things. But I'm just like, but he stopped that, and John Wall pretty much stopped it also, except on home video, <laughs> where he looked into the camera with his own eyes. It was like the dude next to him was just like, flag. <laughs> and John Wall just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like. Okay, like do your thing. You've been doing your thing. I know you've been doing your thing, but I guess like everybody didn't. <laughs> so, whatever. I guess you gotta change your lifestyle up now for the public. I don't know, man. Yeah. John I mean, just don't put it on like, video. You just let legends be legends. Why can't we let legends be legends? <laughs> <laughs> like, they let Charles Barkley be Charles Barkley. You. I mean, I think it's a bit different, but I figure it's more like letting Steven Jackson be Steven Jackson. And the only reason and but like notice Steven Jackson's not on a national <laughs> on a nationally syndicated TV show. He's specifically on like that the the podcast with him and Matt him and Matt Barnes. Like John let John Wall be John Wall as long as John Wall knows that he won't be on ESPN. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just know your money gonna get cut a bit, but as long as you being you and happy do your thing. Also, as long as he sticks in the NBA game, don't actually gangbang. Like, as long as he's not really, like, gangbanging. Because, like, that's never a good thing. It's not a good thing at all. Coming from Memphis, he knows about gangbanging. But, like, that's, that's, that's <laughs> never a good thing. But, I mean, if he's the one to, like, Chris Brown it and just kind of just show it, you know what I mean? Like, kind of just do your thing. Back to John Wall. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shout out John Wall. <sighs> you can't say shout back to John Wall and not have anything to say about John Wall. I ain't got nothing about John Wall, bro. It's, I, we're proud <laughs> to you, dog. What you want? Hey, do your thing, legend. 
Hey, hundred million dollars is chilling. Huh? Hey. <laughs> he definitely chilling. He said, "I'm not." He said, "The Wizards going to the bubble? I ain't going." He said, "I'm doing this." That's nuts. <laughs> that is. Yeah, shout out to John Waller. John Waller man though. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I got anything else? I think that's about it. Is that about it? Is that about it? Uh, yep, sounds about it to me. Well, that's the case. Well, thank you for hanging out with us for another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. Again, I am your host, Alan Pettigrew. Uh, I'm Calvin McGowan. You know, uh, like, share, and subscribe and all that on YouTube. Uh, yep, Philip Dixon, a.k.a. Hillary's Lover. Um, uh... Wait, hold up, wait, huh? Mm-mm, mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, Twitter six five wisdom mo, Instagram six five underscore kill underscore bill, and uh, oh, have a have a short film dropping in two weeks. So watch out for that too. So. <laughs>